man. Um, uh, Navajo, um, Navajo culture is pretty much based off of the matriarch, you know, it's supposed to be a matriarch, matriarchal society, but, you know, just the way we've been moving as a, in modern times, you know, yeah, fortunately women have to get, you know, push, push back, push behind. And like you said, you know, the paradox about, um, the irony of them, uh, being in a leadership position, but not being voted in because it's just, um, it's just going to be not good according to culture. But, um, so, you know, hopefully we, we will find answers to some of this stuff. And, um, like I said, you know, all these women, they just need that supportive man to kind of really get them further ahead. So as far as Navajo Nation presidency goes, yeah, I would just say, you know, just, you know, unfortunately, ladies, it's probably not going to, not going to be your, your strong suit, but business, definitely, that's where you, women definitely shine, that's where they step out, that's where they can create business, and, you know, and with a friendly, friendly customer service attitude, oh man, they'll go far, you know, so anyways, um, so that's where I'm going to go into the subject of, our next subject of the night is um, changing woman, and um, I'm going to combine that with, uh, you know, some of these uh, ladies who have cancer, and we'll kind of talk about that, combine them, combine them too. But um, for the most part, uh, as far as changing woman goes, I there's a lot of stories that were told to me as a kid, obviously, because you know your your brain is a sponge as a kid. But as you get older, you know stuff like that it kind of gets pushed pushed out of your head. So now, I'm, so I'm not going to really talk about like the folklore of changing woman. And, you know, all that, all the stories that go along with her. So the only thing um, I want to go talk about as far as Changing Woman goes is the name Changing Woman. You know, so um, that's where I'm going to start. So with Changing Woman, you know, I, I want to say that, you know, with her being the first lady to make these changes... Um, that's where we should kind of look back into some more and kind of give changing woman her own uh, her own place in the Navajo mainstream society where we kind of bring her back and say you know what this was changing woman this is what she did this is you know how she affects the way we live and this is the changes that she had done and pretty much like what Navajo Pedro says, us men, we're expendable, yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that's fine, I don't, I don't mind being expendable either, you know, um, I'd gladly put my life on the line for someone with that great amount of power, you know, and, you know, for me, I'm more, um, I'm more interested in, like, um, I don't want to say a more popularizing, uh, changing woman, you know, as far as being a, like a, like a superhero, like a comic book character, but that's where it seems like she needs to be coming from. And, um, and like right now for me, I, I can't really think of a, a changing woman story other than the twin warriors and their son. I mean, the, you know, uh, what was it called? The sun God, there we go. Um, him coming down, 
and um, you know, uh, just taking his sons back and having them fight these monsters, which you know, some of them they couldn't kill them all, obviously, which is why we have the, a lot of these problems on the reservation today. So um, that's another thing where earlier in episode four, me and uh, Navajo and Pedro introduce ourselves as um, you know we were on that show called Res Night Live. Now, I was really hoping that was going to take off. It was going to be the next trendy thing on the Navajo Nation. And, you know, we could really flex our, you know, comical wings, you know. And one of the stories I was telling Navajo Pedro about was having a, uh, a skit or a sketch um, with me and him as the twin warriors. And, you know, and we're having this other comedian play Changing Woman. And the other comedian, whether it be James, Junes, or Ernie Sosi III, coming in as the sun god. And so he's talking to changing, sun god's talking to changing woman, and he tells her, um, well, I'm here, I want to pick up my boys, I want to take them hunting. And then changing woman says, well, some father you are, you know, you didn't even teach them anything when they were growing up, so I had to be the father figure. And she says, well, don't be, don't be disappointed at them when you see them. And he's like, why? What's wrong? And then me and Navajo Pedro would come out with, um, you know, just kind of be like, a, you know, just kind of be a little little silly. Maybe like put a put some dreadlocks on um, Navajo Pedro, you know, like put him a, a wig on. Then I could have like a punk rock hairstyle or something. And then he's like, you know, what happened? And then, you know, me and Navajo Pedro kind of being like uh, the Three Stooges poking each other in the eye and making all these funny noises like the nyuk nyaks and all that stuff. So then he would say, you know, well, what happened? Why did my sons turn out like this? And she's like, well, you weren't around. So the monsters that they were supposed to kill found out what these two's purpose in life was. So they became friends. And now they don't want to kill their friends. The, the monsters are their friends now. And then uh, he goes, all right, sons, you know, I'm going to teach you guys how to become more, um, I'm going to teach you guys how to be hunters. I'm your dad. And then me and Navo Pedro would have been like, daddy, you know, jumping around and like, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like just being silly, you know, not, not too, not too silly, but just to kind of have, you know, just kind of poke fun at whoever was playing Sun God, just like, you know, um. Just kind of doing like a lot of these um, Three Stooges type routines. Um, and, you know, it's kind of keeping stuff like that going. So physical comedy, pretty much. Then, um, then he, then he, you know, he, he, Sun God examines the two twins who are just two goofballs now, you know. And then he's like, all right, sons, I'm going to teach you how to hunt. And then me and Navajo Pedro were like, yay, all right, daddy, yeah, take us, go hunting, you know. And then he goes, all right, sons, here you go. And then he'll give like... Navajo Pedro, uh, um, he'll give him a bow and arrow set, but the arrow is not an arrow. It's like a toilet plunger. And then, and then, uh, then he would like give me a spear with a boxing glove at the end of it or, you know, vice versa, either way. And then when we tell him, why, why are you giving this to us, daddy? You know, then he'd be like, oh, I don't trust you two boys. You might kill yourselves. So. You, you two boys go over there and go practice and uh, I'll take you to the sky, you know, then you can start training, you know, and start learning how to um, become warriors. And then that's where me and uh, Navo Pedro kind of run off, so, you know, and then either one of us could say, all right, later creator, and then run off, you know. And then um, that's where Changing Woman would tell Sun God, or Sun God would tell Changing Woman, well, you've done a terrible job at raising the boys. They're 
they're too silly to be, you know, they're not ready to be warriors. Um, you, what was it? Something like you're, you weren't ready or something like that. You know, just telling changing woman, she wasn't ready to become uh, a parental figure. And then that's where changing woman would tell sun God, Oh yeah. Well, who's the one that came into my room when I was only 13 and got me pregnant? And then, uh, Sun God would be like, oh, well, look at the time. Oh, I got to go. And, you know, I got monsters to fight. Come on, sons, let's get out of here, you know. And that was supposed to be the sketch, the, the, the skit, the, the scene that I really wanted to do. And at least this way, it would have brought Changing Woman a little bit more into the uh, the Navajo mainstream, you know, so we're, you know, they could kind of. So that way, you know, the, the school children would kind of understand a little bit more about, you know, they may not get the joke then. But as they get older, they'll be like, oh, shit, sun god raped, you know, changing woman, you know. And and uh, as someone once told me that sun god actually had a wife. So <laughs> I don't know. I forgot who she was. You know, this is uh, how, how far out of whack I am with it. But men. Yeah. Men. Yeah, there you go. That's why, you know, women need to keep track of the database, you know. So um, that's how... You know, I, I mean, that's why that, that was one way, actually, that I wanted to have Changing Woman kind of step into the limelight and, you know, just kind of have a little fun at the same time, a little educational, but try not to be too offensive because, you know, those Navajos that get offended real easy, they shouldn't be watching it, you know, obviously. But if you have a sense of humor, you got to have to think these things out. And then so I'm going to end it at that. And that's pretty much what I will say about Changing Woman on my behalf. But the other thing I want to talk about is cancer, um, cancer with Navajo women. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because recently I heard the story about um, one of my mom's, uh, I, I think, I don't know, it was like her, I don't, I don't want to say cousin, but some kind of relative. This old lady, her, her granddaughter has cancer and doctors, I think they told her she only has like a few more days to live. Excuse me. So I don't know if that was like, you know, at the beginning of the year or in the past few months this some this past summer, uh, or maybe it could have been last year. But for whatever reason, uh, this young lady she had cancer. I don't know where, but stage three cancer is what they told her. And when her boyfriend found out, this little punk he ran off. He left her. So now she's like, you know, I don't care if I die. You know. Um, um, you know, cause, cause obviously her man left her and her health is failing and she doesn't have that future where she could have had like a family and raised, you know, kids on her own and, and stuff like that. So it's become one of those situations where it's, it's a pattern where some Navajo women, uh, you know, not all, but some of them like that, they're just so willing to give up right away. And I'm like, you know, yeah, it sucks. You know, I, yeah, it's easy for you know, someone like me to judge someone who has, you know, a terminal illness like that and say, you can, you can stand up, you can fight back, you can do better. But, you know, I don't know how I would be if I had cancer. I think if anything, my attitude would have, would be just to keep trying to improve every day, try to do something different and just enjoy life until I can't fight back no more, no chemotherapies working and all that stuff. Then, you know, I'll be like, you know what? I'm satisfied. I did what I could. Obviously, my body couldn't fight this back. And, you know, now my time is up. And it's like, well, damn, that sucks, you know. 
But for her, you know, it, it just kind of made me wonder and think more. If I'm doing all this for Navajo women, especially the Hummingbird Initiative, to try to save their lives, to try to give them that motivation to fight back and try hard, how does that really work against someone with cancer, you know? Because sometimes these doctors, they could be wrong. You never know, you know? Just like what they were saying about the coronavirus. There's there's so much stuff that came up about it, and it's like, uh, whatever, man, you know? It, I got stuff to do, and the coronavirus ain't gonna help me get uh, donations going to these uh, people who really need it. You know, the coronavirus is just gonna be there, just so you know. Um, because of this whole election, you know, it's gotten really political, politicized, and that's where we're just we just end up being pawns in a game. So um, that's for the United States, uh, for the Navajo Nation. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, that's. We're pawns anyways, you know, because we're actually we're more sheeple because, um, you know, we got no choice but to obey our masters, you know. And that's why when this election is over, I want to see where everybody stands, where everybody who was really believing that this pandemic was so real that, you know, everything that was said about it was absolutely true because of... You know, just how convenient the um, the coronavirus came comes in during flu season. Wow, you know what? What 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 a cosmic coincidence! The coronavirus just happens to come in during flu season, and people get sick. And those who um, don't have great health, yeah, definitely they're at risk, man. It doesn't matter if they're overweight, young, or old. You know, at some point, they're at risk, you know. We're, we're all at risk for something. But, you know, like I was saying earlier about the guy who was saying, you know, you can't do a 501c3, it's a risk. It's like, buddy, everything is a risk, you know. Um, so anyways, uh, my whole point about this is that if there was a way to talk to this young lady and tell her, you know what, this is what I'm doing, can you at least... Um, you know, try to stand on your own two feet, you know, if I help you, if, um, if you see what good you can actually do, rather than just say, well, my life is over, my man left, I have no kids, I got nothing to live for, I'm dead, that's it, it's over. It's like, couldn't you at least kind of look at it and say, you know what, this, um, the hummingbird initiative, the stuff that's going on with the Navajo women being, um, not only abused, but neglected, I want to have a say in it. I want to put my foot down before I die and say, you know, this is what I'm standing for. This is what I believe in. So that way, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully she doesn't die. But if she does, you know, her, her spirit will be in a good place where she won't be one of these uh, angry spirits that goes around and haunts the family and terrorizes them and stuff like that. And, um, Hopefully that will lead her to be uh, more, more proud of herself that she actually, that she actually took part of something that was bigger than her, bigger than her disease, you know. But also as as Navajos, you know, we do have the ceremonies to correct it. And uh, what her grandmother said was, the young lady says, "No, I don't want to do that ceremony. I just." that's it, you know, that, that's it for me, and, and in a way, it's kind of like, well, 
you're pretty selfish then, you know, obviously, like I said, I can still judge her from my point of view, but it's, it's very selfish because of all the energy and time everybody kind of took to raise her and, you know, the, the time and effort they put into her to like, like a little flower, you know, give it nutrition, give it sunlight, give it water and watch it grow. Then all of a sudden the flower is just like, nah, I'm jumping out of the pot. I'd just rather die because I got this sickness that I can't, I don't want to fight anymore. I just let it take over me, you know? So and that's the type of situation where it just really makes me wonder, you know, what can we actually do for someone like that with cancer? Um, the best thing I can say is that if only her boyfriend stayed there with her and says, you know what, I'm going to be with you till the day you're gone, and but I'm going to do everything I can to support you and give you um, give you what you need to make the pain go away, or I will do everything in my power to make sure that, you know, you at least, you know, have um, an easy transition into the next phase of of uh, your existence, you know. So basically saying that if she, die, if she dies, you know, that um, her spirit will at least feel better that he took care of her, you know. It's kind of like one of those things where it's, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's interesting for me because I really don't I'm not, I'm not really involved in a situation like that but I would like to help you know don't don't get me wrong you know if if there's anything I could do to help this young lady to kind of change her mind I I would gladly do it in a heartbeat but I don't really know her all that well to kind of do that and I know that's a that's a cheap cop out it's a cheap excuse I could go over there but it's one of those really interesting dilemmas that this tribe has put itself in because of all the politicians running around saying they're going to give so-and-so money and they're trying to help out whoever they say they're trying to when they're just helping themselves out. It really becomes an unreliable system to have uh, politicians running around trying to tell us how to live our lives when they're contradicting themselves of what they're saying and then someone like me is coming, me and Pedro, Navo Pedro coming along, trying to do business, trying to make a business, small business, free enterprise, all that stuff. And then we're kind of, you know, kind of get shot down because of the taxes of trying to own a business. And then plus, from my point of view with the veterans, somebody saying, oh, don't do a 501c3, it's a risk, you know. So those, all that combined is what I think about when I'm, when I'm thinking of how would I help a female cancer patient on the Navajo Nation who's kind of lost her support. That's where it's, it's really uh, interesting to me. So the only conclusion I can come to is, you know, physically try to get in there until the person says, get the hell out of my life. You know, what are you doing here? What do you think you're trying to run my life for me? And then not only that, but trying to get these men to understand, you know, these women that they fall in love with, you know, and and they say, you know, what's that famous uh, Navajo saying? I love you, babe. You know, so if they're if they're willing to go that much, it's like you really willing to go the distance, or are you just saying that just so you can get between her legs? You know, so that's where you know we. I'm really hoping that this podcast can help out some more because it, it can do a lot more than I've actually really thought it could do. 
So um, with that being said, you know, I'm, I'm ending it there and uh, that could be a discussion for later on. So those are my thoughts on changing women and women with cancer. So um, now I'm going to, like I said before, turn it over to Navajo Pedro and let's see what he's got for us. Alrighty, Navajo Pedro, get ready to take it away. Alrighty, changing woman. Yep. Other than being the mother of the two twin warriors, and you know, um, yeah, that's something we really need to get back to is our tradition, our stories, and because basically, I mean, you are kind of clueless about this, you know, and we know that she's the mother and. Changing women's a good name to have, you know, and hopefully women do change, you know, in themselves. And that's what I was talking about in the other ones that I helped them, I encouraged them. But in the end, it's going to be up to them to change themselves, you know what I mean? And it's good to see that we still have some changing women on the res, you know what I mean? And that her influences are still out there and she's still living through that. And then, of course, the sun's always there. And, yeah, but with um, changing women, I mean, that's, you know, it's something holy, you know, like a spider woman, you know what I mean? And that's another woman with the Navajo tradition, you know what I mean? That each one has their own purpose and, you know, um, that's why they tell you, you know what I mean, not to look at, you know, certain, like, eclipse and whatnot because that's when usually the earth and you know the sun are doing their thing and making you know making more making the world go around basically by replenishing everything and but even that you know I mean a lot of natives don't you know they still don't accept that too you know I mean they'll still look at the eclipse and like ah look it's amazing. I know I have once and it was through welding glasses and a welding shield, but I have once at least, you know what I mean, and I'm good, you know what I mean, I don't need to see the next the next apocalypto eclipse, you know what I mean, because I'll be inside holding my spit and just sitting there and just looking pretty until the whole thing passes. But with the changing woman I think that it's really important that we really get to know her again. And, you know, I mean, his father being overbearing and weighing down on us, as the son has, he'd be hard to forget, you know. And um, when I think of changing woman, when I just hear that, it kind of, first thing I think about is basically, I think, is when they hit puberty and they become a woman. That's the first thing that pops in my head is changing woman is actually becoming a woman from a little girl to an actual woman. And, you know what I mean? Starting to grow um, everything that they're going to need for their adulthood, such as breast and milk and, you know what I mean, the body, what their reproductive systems and everything, you know what I mean? Everything opens and blooms up and comes ready, you know what I mean? That's when the eggs start happening and then starts popping and then the that time of the month, you know? But, you know, that's when a lot of the ceremonies, like, Canada's happen and it's, yeah, it's a really shameful thing that we men don't have our own ceremonies like that, even though, like, the Sundance was probably the main one out there with the Plain Indians and that's where they stayed up and basically it'd be like, 
BDSM nowadays, you know, what I mean? like kinky stuff where you hang yourself up from stuff and just dangle there, you know what I mean? But that's basically the way the Sundance was, and they would, they would put those two things on their chest, uh, over their breasts, and they would pierce through skins, and then they would just let it, they would just lean back and hang there until, and stare at the sun until they got a vision, and they would just stay there, pray, and just wait for a vision. Then eventually, after all that weight and everything, you'll snap, you know what I mean? The, the skin will tear through, and, you know, that's when they're done with the ceremony because they, they offered their prayers and everything, but they also sacrificed their own bodies with the pain and everything and ensuring that they can be heard. You know, that's kind of like um, another thing that we lost, you know what I mean, that I don't think we now who has ever had, we may have, I don't know, but was a vision quest, you know, for the men that they, that were in their tribes out there in the plains. They're, um, they had a vision quest where they go out there for a few days or weeks or something and they fast and... They had their own ways, you know, they don't drink water, they um, basically learn to land and, or they become one with nature or something, you know what I mean? So something, they get epiphany, they get a thought, they get a vision. And once they get a vision, that's what they go on the rest of their lives, you know what I mean? They might get a vision, become a shaman, a medicine man, or they might be get a vision of war or see themselves as a warrior. But basically, whatever vision they had, that's what they went off with for the rest of their lives, and it's what they pursued, you know. And it's just, it would, it would be nice for men to have some kind of thing like that, like some kind of goal in life, a vision perhaps to make them realize what's really important in life and what they need to focus on, instead of what the world, instead of what they think the world, instead of what the they think what the world tells them, basically. What they see on TV, what's new, what new gadgets, new gizmos, you know what I mean, and new trucks, and all that is just made to feed on in on your insecurities and make you put yourself in debt even more, and that's just the way the commerce and business work, you know what I mean. But yeah, um, I really believe that women are would be make would make a good business. Like-minded, you know what I mean? Because they hold down the household. They have, they endure the pain of childbirth. You know, so we know that they're tough physically and mentally. You know, especially the ones that end up going back to the same old abusive relationships, same old abusive men. You know, and it's heartbreaking, but I can understand the love. You know what I mean? The love that they have. You know, that was that's one of the main excuses when you ask. It's like, why you keep going back? Why you keep going back? Because I love him. That's like their main go-to thing, and I understand that. Yes, there's love, but um, and yes, sometimes love does overcome and overpower to the point where the men change their minds. Oh, she does love me. Why am I doing this? But most of the time, it won't because that's how they ended up. That's how they end up leaving and starting new families, or pushing them, pushing the women to so far to where they act out, and lash out, and get revenge on you and. Do something hurtful back to you, you know what I mean? And it's basically like a thousand times, a thousand times worse than what you ever did to them. And it sticks with you and it eats at you and it kills you, you know what I mean? I can attest to that, but I'm just saying that, you know what I mean? That we should respect women um, because, you know, they are scientifically a lot smarter than us, you know what I mean? 
It's probably because of that one missing rib we all have, but oh well, you know, we can come up with excuses all day, you know, but excuses aren't going to get anything done other than just prolonged and inevitable. It's just going to, it's just like drinking that cycle, you know what I mean? You think you're drinking, escaping your problems, and after your hangover and after all that's passed, your problems will still be there unless you deal with it, face it, and man up. And that's what I urge my fellow dudes out there to do is to man up, know your responsibility, know what's important in life. Not this side chick, not this tail, not that fine piece of ass, you know what I mean? That is just something that will pass and if you keep pursuing that long enough and keep acting like that, you're going to end up alone. Let me tell you buddy, it's not fun. It's, it's like dying every day but waking up all over again. But that's what I chose for myself, you know what I mean? Hopefully you guys rise above that and snap out and know it's important because I'm telling you now that nothing in this life is more important than family. <coughs> so with that, um, I'll skip on over to um, cancer um, ladies, people, ladies with cancer, you know, and I told you already about um, my relative that has cancer and still going to school. And she's at stage three as well. And it's just, you know, I mean, that's, she made me realize a lot about myself that I always knew. But sometimes you don't really know until something drastic like this happens. You really have to examine yourself. And I did right away. I just, when she explained her situation, I just looked at myself and said, damn, what the fuck happened to you? You had all these plans. You had this ambition. Now look at you and you just... Sad piece of shit, you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm not being hard on myself because I'm just speaking true about myself and the facts that I know about myself, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of people that won't admit that and they'll just easily brush it off and think that or they'll just look for someone else to blame. Most likely it's their significant other. And, you know what I mean, they'll make excuses just to go drink or go to a party or something, but, you know, um... You know, um, the marriage, you know what I mean, that's something that always comes in my head after all these years is that part. Till death do us part, you know, and it, I took it too really seriously to where I haven't gotten married again because what well, gives me the right to say those words all over again, knowing that I more than likely will end up doing the same thing over again because I haven't really examined myself to where I, I know what I want and what I need and you know I I still have I still have that little that little child mentality where I want and want and want you know what I mean and that's something I'm really trying to break out of and I've been sharing in posts and stuff like that that giving is more life fulfilling it's where you feel like you're doing something in life like like a, the native ravenger here is doing you know with this organization he's giving he's accepting and he's putting it back out and, you know, um, and that's the way, you know, I mean, that's why he's really fired up and ready to go. He's always had that with him, but it's even more now, especially when people are appreciative about it. You know, I mean, they say thank you and it means so much to me. And, you know, that's where you get that fulfillment in life, that void that people say, oh, there's nothing that can fill that void in my heart. They think women fill it. They have a bunch of women and still nothing. They're still alone. 
They think alcohol and drugs will do it. They take it and all their on money, yeah. And the only thing they realize after all those years is lost time. Lost time with family. Lost time with people that they pushed away in their pursuit of their own happiness. Which never really comes to full fruitation because you still have that hole inside your heart. You know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? I'm not down religion, but, you know what I mean? Some people find it through Jesus. And that's the hole in their heart. But I think that the way to really get it is by being... Uh, humble and having humility and helping people and helping people out um, without without expecting anything in return without you know I mean doing it for exposure um, you'll just be happier with yourself and when, when if you're happier with yourself then you know I mean you won't be going out there trying to find happiness in other people or things or money or whatever but if you're content with yourself and happy with yourself, you know, nothing really matters from there because you're living off your own high, your own natural high. And that's something that if people see, you know what I mean, they get jealous. They might start witching you or something or that might make them want to change and say, how'd you find this happiness? Why are you happy? You know what I mean? And that's where, you, that's where they open themselves up to where you can help spread that knowledge that you learned as we say in AA, you know what I mean? You're passing on something that you learn for free. You know what I mean? You're passing on free information that you got for free by other people sharing their sad stories, their encouraging stories, what have you. But, you know, with um, with um, what you're saying about that, um, the other person with cancer and her boyfriend leaving, you know what I mean? That's, I feel sorry for her. That sad piece of shit, you know what I mean? It just sucks that people aren't really strong enough to deal with sicknesses like this, you know what I mean? And I don't know how long they were married, you know what I mean? They didn't have to be married, but there's, you know what I mean? There's basically, I think only in Texas, but still, I think that applies everywhere. It's common law marriage, you know what I mean? When you're together long enough to where basically you are married because you have so many kids together and, you know what I mean? That, that should still, you know what I mean? You should still follow that like you are married, you know, through sickness and health. And more than likely, if you got sick, if you had cancer, your girl would be there for you, no doubt. You know, I mean, it's really hard to imagine a girl saying, I can't be with him, he's got cancer, he's too much work, you know what I mean? But guys, I can imagine a bunch of guys saying, ah, fuck, I don't, she doesn't want to have sex after chemo, man, what's the point, you know what I mean? And I don't know, man. There's nothing I can agree with more than men are dogs, you know what I mean? And I see that, I hear about it, I've been like that, you know, and it's not um it's not really a nice way, nice fulfilling way to live because you're gonna keep feeding that empty hole that you never will fill. And all your temporary fixes and everything will just basically just lead you faster to your own death. So you know, um the cancer, you know what I mean? Cancer is a bitch, you know what I mean? And, you know, there's all this stuff that, you know, that we've forgotten that we really should really start learning, like our, like, um, like the people who can still collect herbs and make remedies out of them, you know, do still know a lot of the ceremonies. And I think that that is more powerful of anything because we as natives are already connected with the earth and sky and everything. Everything is sacred. 
And we know that, and those were rules that we always abide by. That's why we always lived in harmony. But when you overstep those bounds and take and take, like the Europeans did, then they cause nothing but trouble because you build cities, you get sicknesses, you start trying to get cheap on the food and start using MSG and steroids. And you know, you start poisoning your cells and you start, you get to the point where they, they'll have no objection to poisoning the masses, the people. The, the 99%, the 90% or some shit. The, basically, the common folks, you know what I mean? They'll do everything in their power to um, to try to give you a chemical bisectomy, you know what I mean? By putting these chemicals in foods and processed foods and dollar stores and knowing that that's all we get most of the time in Walmart, you know what I mean? And while the elite, they're getting the higher-ups, the two two percenters or whatever the one percenters they're the ones that have the best of everything the best oxygen i guess the best foods the best pure water you know but that's that's just um really sad to see that how humans can simply evolve to that to where the saying is true to where they would eat their own children you know what i mean and that is basically how it seems like it's becoming but I'll always come back and say that nothing can beat the human spirit, nothing can beat family, nothing can beat love, because love will always overcome. Love is the only force in the world that can go instantaneously, instantaneously from one galaxy to another. It can span, it can travel through space faster than light, because once you think of that person that you love, boom, you're back there with him. You're, you see them in your head. And, you know what I mean, that's love basically is what drove and made, you know what I mean, if you believe in evolution or if you believe in God, you know what I mean, God is love and, you know, God made the planets and everything out of love, made animals and humans out of love. He made them, he gave them free will out of love, you know, and love, like I said, is a force, it's scientifically proven that if you're positive and have love, then everything else around you will grow up and grow to its full potential, but if you're negative and you have a lot of negative people around you, then, yeah, it's no surprise that children will kill themselves, turn to drugs, run away, become a statistic, become part of missing women, you know what I mean? And it's just basically just all boils down, like we keep saying over and over again, behavioral health, mental health, you got to work on yourself. You got to really find yourself and know yourself and know what you want in life. And all of that should be pertaining to family and center around family. If not, if you just do it for yourself, then more than likely you'll fail. And, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not discrediting people who made something of themselves by themselves. You know what I mean? I applaud you, yes. But for most of us humans, you know what I mean? We need support. We need someone to tell us we can do it. We need that motivation. And I hope that you guys all find it out there. And I hope that you men out there, dudes, I hope that you guys stick with your spouses or significant others, no matter what, you know what I mean? Hopefully you take everything seriously about what you say to one another. Hopefully you weren't just saying that to get in their pants, but if you did, get the fuck out of there already, you know what I mean? Why are you prolonging the inev inevitable? If you're just going to run away when shit hits the fan, you know what I mean? That, that just... You're just going to be hurting yourself and you know it and you're going to be living with it. 
So to avoid that, I'm just telling you to be set in your ways. Know what you want and go for it. Don't just do something because a music video told you to do that. You know what I mean? Don't just be out there showing your pussy just because Nicki Minaj or Cardi B says to. You know what I mean? And you know, like she says, that dumb broad. I don't cook. I don't clean. But I got a ring. You know what I mean? Don't don't have that mentality. You know what I mean? Don't put yourselves that low and that stupid, that retarded to be saying shit like that and be proud of it. You know, have some self respect for yourselves, women. Learn from your mom. Learn to cook. Learn to take care of your kids. And a lot of you guys, a lot of you ladies are doing it and proud of you. And lot, those of you that are getting help for your demons, I'm proud of you guys too. And for all um, my native ladies that are suffering from cancer or any kind of sickness, just know that you're not alone. I'm always here. I'm always more than happy to talk to you or reach out or just, you know, give you words of encouragement because this kind of person I'm becoming. So, um, God bless you all and I love you all. Stay up, women.